you have on the website, uh, you're a multidisciplinary artist. Will you talk to us about what that means for you? Yes. Um, so the term multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary, when I was growing up anyway, and when I was like studying art in school and things, was a visual artist term. But hmm. over the last number of years, the certainly the Arts Council of, of Ireland and Dublin City Council, I can only really speak to those because that's kind of where I work from um, or I'm funded by, have begun to like put a thread or a strand in for multidisciplinary work because there are many performers like me who sing, dance and act, awesome. but might not necessarily do that under the umbrella of musical theatre, for instance. Yes. Or right. opera even, because of course you know, you, you you sometimes have dancers in opera. And then, of course, you have opera singers in opera and even sometimes there's actors in it, you know. Um, uh-huh. So it's trying to, for, for me, I'm continuing to look at how to blend all my skills together as a multidisciplinary artist. Right. So the skills under that being acting, singing, dancing, and then kind of underneath that, like yeah. skill set, if you like is the multidisciplinary artist and maker. Um, Mm. And so like, that's a lot more, there's a way more freedom in that place. Uh, Actress, singer, dancer needs permission. You need to get the job. You need to, you know, you have to, there's all this other stuff that goes with it. Your, your agent is involved, your, you know, it's all this other stuff, but the multidisciplinary artist and making part is like and by the way i've only made this uh i'm only able to articulate this (laughs) about maybe for the last couple of weeks because i was working with a director called wayne jordan and he said that to me he said you need permission for these three skills you have but as a maker you can use those skills but you can do whatever you like i'm Mm -hmm. listening to this guy adam grant um he's uh, I really enjoy him and how he talks about procrastination as Mm. a form of creativity and that it's like this thing that we can actually leverage to um, allow things to percolate in Mm. the back of our mind where we're not ready fully to kind of execute on them, but they can exist at the back. But then we get a lot of messaging that like, oh, you're procrastinating, you're not taking action. And you're like, no, no, I'm percolating. There's, Mm. it will come, the right time for this project will come, but it's Mm. not now do you ever have that when you're kind of holding lots of different projects and moving things around and is that a a something you kind of encounter that's a constant thing because yeah yeah, because you're uh either having to tie up one project prepare Mm -hmm. for the next and I'm really Mm -hmm. talking about things now from a a theater context and an Irish theatre making context in particular. So I can't speak to the UK really because they have a different way of funding things and making things and all that kind of stuff. But certainly, yeah, again, it's just more time and patience as well. You know, it's like, like you say there, having the confidence to go, okay, today it's not happening. Mm-hmm. You can still do the work, actually. Mm-hmm. The work can still be done. You can't sit around until, you know, divine inspiration like, phew, gives you a bolt because otherwise I mean we just watch telly all day and do nothing you know <laughs> I'll just wait I'll just wait something will happen you know um and sometimes something does happen that's great but it doesn't come from waiting 
I do, you know, waiting around mm-hmm. and nobody's coming and knocking at the door. So sometimes you have to balance the hustle. You know, you're trying mm-hmm. to keep the jobs that you have. Uh, me anyway, many, many jobs on the boil. You're trying to keep those jobs. You're trying to look ahead to make sure that you have more work for uh, next year or sometimes the next month, depending on what's going on. And then you are also maintaining and nurturing a creative uh, space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the one that kind of falls down because you're like, well, I don't need to be somewhere at 10 to 6 or I don't have a theater call time at 5.30 and shows at 8 or whatever. So you, you know, you have to be disciplined in the, um, well, I have to be. Some some people can just kind of sit down and go, I'll oh, just write whatever. No, you know, if I'm working on something, I have to do it every day. Yeah. I can't just like pick it up a little bit and then be like, oh, I'll come back to that now in a few weeks. Uh-huh. Because yeah, I, yeah, I, I just, it would go out of my head. So if I'm shelving something, like for instance, I'm making something at the moment that won't be uh, shown until May, but I spent two weeks working on it. So I made sure I documented everything really well because I wouldn't remember. So all the material that was generated for it, I documented all that. Then all the music or sound things that we found together, they've been all put into a Google Drive. Um, mm. All the writing, uh, even though it's all like just like really bitty, I had to make a script for it to be like, okay, there's 11 scenes. There may never be 11 scenes, but I, I know that now when I go back to my docs and I look at everything, I can just take it all out of the bag again and put it into the studio. Mm-hmm. But if I just sat around thinking about it for a week and writing all on all my different notebooks, of which I have 7,000 notebooks, um, <laughs> <laughs> then it would have 7,000 different ideas by the time I got back in. Nice. You know what I mean? Um yeah. And if I was working on a song, it takes me longer because, yeah, songwriting is so strange in the way that it's like, it's one tiny thing, if you really thought about it, but in the way that your intestines are one long, tiny thing, if you stretched it all out, it would go on for miles, you know? It's like, I think a song takes that kind of form. It's like, oh yeah, it's this small, but like it needs all this information so much uh, in order for it to be um be something so it can't just yeah because otherwise like if i just sang into my phone and made a song it'd be like oh yeah i've made a song but you haven't made a song you've just you've only you've got a little idea yes you know yeah again it's just something i'm continuing to learn that this first part isn't really it yeah aha okay cool got it yes this is oh I love that I kind of learned I, I learned that when I was doing some co- stand-up comedy ah! the, the first joke you think of is not the funny joke so you have to think think of like the second version of it the third version of it the fourth version and like the first joke everyone has that's been in the Christmas cracker like yeah. the second version of it that's a dad joke the third yeah. version of it that's like oh everyone was probably thinking of that loads of other comedians have done that <laughs> you get to the like the next one down but I love what you said about a song being such a small body of work in a way like it's three and a half four minutes long it's a couple of paragraphs of text mm-hmm. but then the what you're articulating can can be so expansive mm. and so 
And a song, a great song is usually available for everyone to have an interpretation of, you know, Mm. for everyone to have their own thing and walk away from that with. And can you can labor over a song for a long time, even though it's such a short art form. And I love that you've the context of all these other art forms in your Mm. world, which I think is going to make you or makes you a really interesting songwriter because of all of the other ways you express yourself as a writer what's like the most fun (laughs) aspect of creating for you what is the most fun aspect of of, I suppose the process of it so pulling pulling all the ideas together and then kind of sculpting that out so it's and I I kind of make the same way (laughs) in everything It's funny, I, I, like, I didn't know that until, probably until recently as well. <laughs> Just I think as you get older, you get a little bit more clear about what you're doing because also you're getting asked more questions about things or what, you know. So you have to be able to, uh, it makes it easier if you can answer, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, but I love the mood boarding of everything, which I think is what everyone yeah. probably loves. But uh-huh. uh, like pulling all the research together all the little bits of developments they might be like so if we talk just about in a songwriting way whether i was making a song or a piece of music for theater or for what i have been doing the last little while as a solo artist mm-hmm. it's funny to say solo artist <laughs> i'm a solo artist i'm all on my own um so i love that and i and i tend to use everything so it'd be like um, if I was going into, like I had, I had said there a minute ago, I think, um, if I was making a song as a solo artist or if I was making uh-huh. a song in a theatre context, which might involve me or other people or um, yeah, whatever way it works, I'd be looking at like visual things, uh, film, clips, uh, costume yeah. Um, what could it be if you didn't have, I don't know, if you, if your mouth is covered what could, or whatever. So you're looking at all different kind of ways of uh, storytelling visually. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's when I'm like, OK, now I understand. I, I can understand what the thing is. I can sift through all the um, mud and get a little bit of gold. I pull that out and then I'll expand on that idea. So uh, I think the way things come to me anyway, are not like, they're not clear. They're not like, oh, this is one crystal clear idea. I'm going to sit down now my notebook and I'm going to write from top to tail. Or I've got a, one melodic idea. I know exactly the melody of the chorus. I know exactly the middle eight and I know the intro and I know the whole structure. Okay, I'll be able to um, kind of cobble that together on logic. Or so, so nothing comes like that. It comes from little uh, <laughs> like bits from everywhere. And then I just look at it all, you know, in the kind of kaleidoscopic kind of way. And then I try to <laughs> whittle it into one thing or I drag somebody in who's better at me at one thing, you know. So I'd be like, you, yeah, I need you. I need you to look at these lyrics because they obviously don't make sense. Um, but they're rhyming, which is like, you know, tick. And then that person might go, mm-hmm, yeah. Rhyming frog and log is just not going to cut the mustard here, girl. Or whatever, you know. So it could be, because you can get carried away, can't you? And you're like, yeah. uh, oh, this feels nice. This sounds nice. 
And that's important to have those feelings. But also you have to, I have to, nobody has to do anything. Um, I have to be able to push it, like all the pulp out of it and then go, okay, that's what that is. Because otherwise everything will stay convoluted because of how my brain works, you know. Right. So to be like to start like that, does it? It needs needs to start start like that. Yeah. You sound like a mad scientist spinning Ah, around. Yeah. (laughs) But it is like that, isn't it? It's like being in, it's like being the scientist. And actually that's a thing that I, that I do like. Okay. Let's jump on to, uh, there was something I had. Oh yeah. I, I mean, this might be a sidebar even off the interview, but like, um, you, would you ever think of teaching a capture class? Like, what is that? I've I have literally just made it <laughs> up in my brain. Oh, Jane would be so good at helping songwriters be very creative and expansive in the capture process because it sounds oh. like right because it sounds like you're really good at actually you found some systems for you know this is where I'll put all these ideas for the script this is how we'll capture the visual ideas you mm. had to systemize that because it is quite like vast and varied for you but also you've leaned into your tendency to want it to be so kind of explosive and varied Mm. And there's some that may not even lean into that enough. Like, I think that would be a cool workshop to do. It would be great. And if, and actually, in, in from a theater point of view, it's that's exploring how to devise work. Mm-hmm. So it's, the, it's actually, they're the same things uh, in that you, you're taking all these ideas and you basically whittle the idea down. You're able to distill it down. That's really important. And it's important anyway, even if you only, if you're, you're a cellist who only plays Bach or whatever, it's like, you have to be able to know that this is exactly what this is, but it's even more important in the multidisciplinary space, but you might never use any of the things. And I, I mean, there's so much stuff that I don't use and I don't keep it like, I don't hoard it away in a cupboard thinking I'll get back to that amazing idea later. I'm just like, <laughs> whatever about that idea, another idea will come. <laughs> like, you know, but, but that has helped. It's like the joke thing, right? It's like the first joke yeah. is not the joke. It's the fifth joke or whatever. And it's the same with writing. The first edit is not, is just not it. It just can't <laughs> be it. You know, it's just not. Know, and then maybe 10, 10 is sometimes a really nice number. But anyway, you might not use any of those things as a performer or a maker. Mm-hmm. You might never look mm-hmm. in these documents again, but creating those kind of uh, boards, which <laughs> like have loads of different ideas in them might just like express something new or something a bit more succinct or something you didn't think of before in that way that um, I can't remember the name of the law. I think it's called Fret's Law or whatever. It's like you, like in singing, you, you stretch your voice as a soprano and it makes you a better alto. Hmm. But you don't have to go and do soprano stuff. You, 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 yes. It might not suit you at all. There might be a tone that you don't even like. But if you don't stretch that, this won't yeah. expand. So you can't yes. just, yeah, it's like, you know, you, in an ideal world, we would have no fences on our gardens and we'd just be kind of pushing outwards all the time. We wouldn't be just kind of grooming within our little, you know, yeah. front lawn there because it's like, 
that never changes, you know, apart from the seasons, but that's, you know, it, it doesn't, yeah. So it's kind of good to, I think it's great for expanding ideas. This yeah. capture class is a, is a great thing. I think so, because what might seem like maybe typical or expected in your theatre world um, is a really new, fresh way of looking at creativity in the songwriting world, for example. Yeah. And I also love this other path that I don't think uh, enough singers think about that you're on now. That's, you know, they think if I'm the singer, the actor, the dancer, I have to audition for music theater mm. or opera or else uh, like that's it, right? That's it, yeah. But you found this other way to be, to exist as this artist. Mm. How How did you find like, that to be something that could kind of occupy you full time. How long has that been your world? I probably about like I was really coming into something pre-COVID. <laughs> probably everybody was, but I had some issues technically. So, like, firstly, and I wonder if I just kind of fold this in as well. But like, firstly, I had had I was losing my voice loads. Oh yeah. <laughs> which was like either unexamined technique or actually it was unexamined technique. Why am I saying was it? It was. And it was also and bad techniques that I had that might have been old fashioned or not suitable to my voice anymore or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was one hundred percent psychosomatic as well. So I was doing I was even doing physical stuff like pulling my tongue back or in my mouth mm-hmm. um and had to like learn like did so much <laughs> so much tongue pulling it's quite a long tongue that you have there but there were things that i had to sort out in order to continue to try and blend yeah all these skills as a performer, a multidisciplinary performer yeah. and a multidisciplinary artist. And the, because my technique was, I don't know if it was ever great, but I think when you're 17, 18, 19, you're at college and you're singing all sorts of things, your, your body has a different kind of, um, a, a different relationship to everything, to the world, to everything. Yeah. So you, you can get away with so much, right? So it's yes, like, I know. I mean, after I had my voice trained, it was a musical theater kind of voice then. But not really, mm-hmm. because I don't, it's not exactly my style. And I had grown up singing like, uh, you know, R&B and uh, soul music and trad and, you know, all these kind of other types of stuff. So my voice was kind of all over the shop. And then I was in loads of bands after college and was singing rock music. And then I was singing all sorts of stuff. And I, comp- I was like, I was blowing my voice, actually. And then I did a show uh, with a theater company called Broken Talkers and they wanted a singer and the the vocal was so high. <laughs> uh-huh. I actually didn't have my voice in that audition, <laughs> but Mary Coughlin was in the show. And it was a show about her life and Emer Crehan, who's a fantastic singer and amazing vocal coach. She was uh-huh. the musical director on that show. And she said to me, I, th- what something's going on with your voice and she was like you're pushing too much air out you're drying out your vocal folds in order to get this big sound that maybe you were used to before 
I was like, Jesus Christ. So I was being hired now as like the actress, singer, dancer, but I couldn't even sing in the audition. And I was like, oh no, this is something's mad is going on. Anyway, I ended up getting that job. I think they just thought she just doesn't have her voice today. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, I, I hadn't had my voice for many, many days. You, you know what I mean? Where it was like, oh, something uh-huh. is really changing. Um, so I had to sort out all those kind of bits, which kind of brought me to you as well, you know, because it was like I was working with you technically and artistically. And that was mm-hmm. built off this other uh, show called Woman Undone. Perfect name. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, I was already starting to see all these kind of holes in, in, oh gosh, okay. And I know this isn't actually answering your question totally, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But after that time, so that was around kind of 2019 or so, I was starting to kind of really realize that I'm probably not going to get, I'm not going to get a job in straight theater. Yeah. Probably now not going to get a job in musical theater, except if it is very stylized, i.e. something in uh, something like cabaret, something uh, Stephen Sondheim, something, something in that kind of world that, um, has a different ask than normal musical theater. And then I will get hired as a multidisciplinary performer and I am able to use my body physically in physical theater and as a dancer. And so it was kind of making me look at how to make more work for myself, (laughs) you know, and explore a way of, as my mother would have said to me years ago, she was like, Jade, you're going to have to just be renegade. You know, you can't wait around for someone to give you a job. And you have all these, you can do all these things. Why aren't you using all the things, you know? Um, And I think there's, a yeah, the combination of like that, my voice was losing itself. I was losing my confidence as well. So that was really, you know, I didn't know that that thought was happening. <laughs> I just thought, oh, I've, I'm, something's wrong with my voice now. And uh, what am I going to do kind of thing? Yeah, I think that learning to make well allowed me to use all my skills, number one, but created a platform and has created a career for me. You know, uh, like I, I, yeah, like I said, it's, it's. I'm not going to get um, hired for traditional things. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, I'm just not. I mean, I would like to. Uh, I'm not going to like, you know, pretend that I wouldn't. I would. But I'm very happy in the in the fringes of things as well. So I like mm-hmm. both worlds. You know, I like working commercially. I like working in fringe. I like working with and uh, new artists, established artists, uh, all different kinds of people because they offer all different types of um, learning. I'm thinking about like how agile you would need to be as what as the person that you are, as what you do. Like not everybody can kind of get in, figure out this environment, the context. Like I'm sure there's a lot of there's where is that more traditional classical route of music theater, there's a bit more like clear terrain whereas Mm. where you are you're you're being super agile and like the cross-pollination of all of your experiences and skills is just really magic like Mm. I think it, it makes it so interesting I think it's what makes the music and the project so interesting for people to enjoy as well um so I'm really glad you're doing it 
like, but it, is it hard? I mean, can you ever see yourself not in the arts or like, are there ever times that you question it? Um, yeah, all the time because you, you, <laughs> you want to go on holidays, you want to pay your bills, you want to do all these things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, from, from that, like the very sensible, uh, the very sensible, not interested in, um, feast and famine, just wants balance part of the brain is like, okay, you'll do this now for another few years and then you're going to just do something that's serious. But it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it's like, that doesn't mean anything. It's like, there's no such thing as a normal job. There's no normal anything. It's so it's trying just to get, like, I wasn't brought up in a very, um, like normal, uh, household. Like I was allowed to do whatever I liked. You know, you, 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 you can be whatever you want. There's no, um, and our house is really creative, loads of music all the time, loads of lovely books, going to amazing things, very lucky, you know, like really wow. creative mother. And there's still something inside you that's like, you, you have to do something that's normal now and you're going to have to like take yourself very seriously or uh, go back to college and get a degree in psychology or, or, I mean, I'm saying that like you can just do that, but you know, like these, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to do that. Um, Pop around for that. Yeah. I just got this little idea. Uh, do a weekend course and then you can come to me. I'll be a psychologist. Um, you know, like it's, it's, but there, everything is hard. Yeah, I know. Everything yeah. is hard, but you can make it, you can, you can load that hardness up with more hardness. Yeah. or you can load it up with something else and just be like well actually I'm going to enjoy these little pockets of things yes sometimes things like not knowing if you like for instance just there in like kind of October to mid-November I didn't technically have any work Mm. right so I had to tie up some loose ends on some um, other projects like I was um singing on a little film, gorgeous little film, with a beautiful composer called Aoife Kavanagh and sent me over this like a gorgeous little track and two friends of mine who are spiral uh, aerialist artists, actually they're, they're hoop artists, but they're using a spiral in their um, film. It's their dance duet. And so it was like, oh, this is what a fabulous thing. But there was other, I was like, oh God, there's no work for a few weeks. And it's like, okay, you can calm down because you know what? You've got four ideas from last year. Uh, you've got this, 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 this. So why don't you spend a little bit of time working on that? And I know that's not possible for um, everybody. Sometimes we have to go to work and we have to make money. I happen to have a little bit of bursary money from something else. So that's yeah, that was just to like, a, oh, a little pot of gold, um, golden opportunity, if you like. I'm well aware, like, you know, of the struggles of not being able to finance yourself for things. So I'm not, I'm not like, you know, sweeping that under the carpet at all. It's, it's possibly what drives the hustle for making as well. There's two things going on. One, there's a need to do it creatively. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise it's like, I don't understand the world if I don't make this thing. And then the other thing is like, uh, if I don't make something, well, I don't make something. I'm not in something. I'm not, I'm not working. I actually think that in the way that like mindfulness or self care or mm. doing some exercise or eating well, I actually think creativity or some kind of self expression mm. as a human 
for everyone is something that really contributes to your sense of well-being. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's somebody who has it as their core identity like you do. And mm-hmm. it absolutely needs to be expressed to the fullest in the way that it is. Mm. Um, and I think, I don't know, have you, when I was listening to you talk, I was relating in the in that process of the ups and downs. You know, we come to October and we're like, oh my God, what next? Uh, this isn't working. This I do, do I have work? Do I not have work? Mm-hmm. And I do have those moments of like, God, I really would like a steady paycheck. And I'm in the context of London where everybody's in corporate, all my friends are in corporate. And I'm like, oh crap, I should be doing that. Mm. Um, and those times I always remind myself, I'm like, you always figure this out. Like yeah. you can resource, you're always going to resource it. You will find a way and you've always, you've never yeah. let yourself down. You've been in this now for 15 years and mm-hmm. you've never let yourself down. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, okay. Thanks Gemma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, like you, you have to be really adaptable and willing to do things that you don't want to do. Um, within reason, obviously I don't uh, think like you, sh- like sometimes you just have to get up on stage and be a Christmas present, Gemma. That's what you have to do. And you have to be like dance behind someone and then someone gives you a hundred euro. Like that that's just what you have to do. Okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Oh no. What an- and if you're heading into your forties and you're still doing that and you don't want to do it, you just take yourself aside and you say, Listen, girl, only four more Christmas shows until no joke. <laughs> No, um, no, you know, there's a certain, there's kind of, I suppose, just normal things like the discipline of stuff being like, all right, well, I, I, I have to do this. The director isn't coming to my house, this yeah. imaginary person, or the producer isn't going to send me something. The Steven Spielberg is not calling me up to go, girl, do you want a cameo on my film? You know what I mean? That's how ambitious I am. A cameo. I mean, the lead. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like you have to generate the stuff yourself if you want to make. Or you do the other thing where like there's some people who don't want to make, which is like yeah. fabulous. And they're amazing yeah. technicians. Like yeah. my cousin Ryan's amazing dancer. Not any interest really in making, even though he likes to improvise and, and do things like that. He doesn't want to make his own show for instance right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if you if you teach him something you could teach him something in a few minutes and he'd know it you know so he's like a really i'm not like that i'm not like uh um you show me the and i'll exactly pick it up even though i've done all the training it's i it just takes me ages to understand uh, what the thing is you know so what are you excited about what's coming up next so i am going to take some time off now um really up until the second or so of january and my best friend's mm-hmm. getting married so that's really really lovely i'm gonna go home spend all the time with my family and then in january i am i have a week in tyrone guthrie center which is an artist residency in monaghan um uh-huh. as part of the i was a recipient of the next generation award in ireland Woo, yeah, which is, yeah, it was really, really, thank you, so lovely. And then I go on to Paris for three weeks to continue a res- residency. And then I come back and I'm going to do Wake with my cousin Alma Kelleher, who's all a singer, uh-huh. Lux Alma. Uh, she's the musical director of that show. Um, it's called Wake by This Is Pop Baby and it's in the National Stadium. And then I'm making my own work and I go on tour then in autumn with a dance company that I sing and write for. 
So it's a wow. really that's one of the most structured years I've ever had, to be honest. Wow, <laughs> um, wow it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it doesn't always that's, go like I that. I think it's it's really aspirational. I think that there are no rules, as in it's aspirational mm. for other people to see you and hear you talk. There are no rules. You went, what are the things that I know how to do? What do I like? What mm. can I make? Mm. And how do I make this work? And you're making it work. And it's just so amazing to watch. So thanks so much for chatting to me today, Jade. Oh, you're so welcome. It was lovely. And actually nice to talk about the things you are doing because you can remind yourself too, because we get a little bit stuck thinking, we spend more time thinking, what are we at? And less time kind of going, what are we at? (laughs) Oh yeah, we've done this. I mean, that's fabulous. No, I know you you actually say it all out loud in like one thing. You're like, wow, I'm actually quite busy. I do a lot of things. Yeah, it's good. This is good. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, girl.